Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, August 10th, 2023, and today we're reading from the big book, and we're in the chapter, Working with Others, on page 99, the second paragraph, if there be divorce or separation, through one paragraph ending, it will be apparent to both parties. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Laurel B., 12 Traditions, Karen W. Reading the text are Nancy P., Martha Z., and Lulu L. is our backup. The newcomer greeter is Vanita L., and the host of the second hour is Leah S. The reference numbers for Wednesday, August 9th, 2023, the 7 a.m. meeting is 20,525. That's 20525. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 20,526. That's 20526. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. On a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who recover, who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask steps. Good morning, this Star- is Laura okay, um, and I hear the 12 steps of all readers anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Laurel. Okay, I will now ask Karen W. to read the 12 traditions. 
Good morning. This is Karen W. from Texas, Compulsive Overeating. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeating Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence an OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Pass. Thank you, Karen W. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute, and once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 99, the second paragraph, if there be divorce or separation, reading through that whole paragraph, ending with, it will be apparent to both parties. And I will ask Nancy P. to begin reading. Hi, good morning. Nancy P. recovered uh, actually today in Chicago, but usually from West Newton, Massachusetts. If there be divorce or separation, there should be no undue haste for the couple to get together. The man should be sure of his recovery. The wife should fully understand his new way of life. If their old relationship is to be resumed, it must be on a better basis since the former did not work. This means a new attitude and spirit all around. Sometimes it is uh, to the best interest of all concerned that, the couple, that a couple remain apart. Obviously, no rule can be laid down. 
Let the alcoholic continue his program day by day. When the time for living together has come, it will be apparent to both parties. Um, uh, again, Nancy P. recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. So I wasn't divorced or separated legally or factually, but I felt very separate from my husband and my family. And um, who knows? I don't know what they thought. I just knew that I was so unhappy and I was so angry and so just in the pits all the time. The best I could ever do was, you know, the happiest I ever was was not too mad. That was my best day. Um, and I don't know today if my husband understands my new way of life. In fact, I would I would probably guarantee that he does not. But um, he's extremely supportive. He'll do anything um, for me. And he's very solicitous of my um, what, what he perceives my needs to be. He's very um, eager for me to partake, you know, if I want to travel to go to the birthday party, which I do pretty much every year, if I go to the convention, which I'm going to uh, next in October, um, you know, he, he's right there for me. And in fact, when we were, um, we went on vacation to the UK and he was concerned that I might not be able to get what I needed for dinner or some meal. And I said, don't worry about it. Don't, I'm fine. I will be fine. And, um, you know, what I think is, to me that I don't I'm not in haste I don't act hastily anymore I um, I seek counsel from others usually from him or other uh, fellows that I trust that I have known for a long time that I trust and um, you know my life today is marked by as it says the ease with which I give up old ideas which did not work in favor of new ideas which do and that's what this paragraph is about I mean today you know I say this to my sponsees all the time. I'm a riverbed, and I want my life to flow over me. And um, and I want to accept, or not accept, I want to embrace whatever I get every day. And sometimes, you know, I don't get what I like because nobody cares what I think and nobody does what I say, ever. But I'm still joyously happy and serene because my my joy and my happiness and my serenity doesn't depend on what other people do or think or say. Um and I don't want to be, I'm not looking to get anywhere today. I'm looking to stay on the journey, as it says. You know, all I can do is the same thing every day that I have been doing that worked. And what happened was I found that I had this brand new family that loved me so much and wants to spend time with me, this husband that can't do enough for me, um, you know, this serenity. You know, I'm here in Chicago. My son's uh, moving and um starting a new job next month and I came out to help him move in and I told him yesterday I, I love where he lives, I love the neighborhood I was convinced he was going to get knifed in the streets or shot dead or whatever because you know, Boston's so safe right? And um, and I don't see that at all, it's a beautiful neighborhood with a great city and friendly people and it's great and I'm, I came and, and I, when I did my 11 step inventory last night it says were we afraid and Hi. that has been a scourge I'll wrap up that it's been a scourge. And you know what? I'm not afraid today about that. And I'm not afraid almost ever. I have anxiety, but my life has completely changed. And it all started with one thing. Say it with me. Surrender, surrender, surrender. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, um, Nancy P., for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you uh, limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. And so who would like to share on this um, second paragraph on page 90. Christina J. Christina J. Christina, Christina Dottie. 
Rivka Iyer. Rivka Baltimore. Nessa R. Second paragraph of what? I'm sorry. Page 99. Thank you. Did you get Rivka R? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Nessa R. Rivka R. Oh, no, I think Nessa was after me. <laughs> okay, so we have Nessa and Rivka. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so here is who I have. I have Christina J, um, Dottie, H, Janice PM, Nessa R, and Rifka R. Um, is there anyone else who would like to share on this paragraph? Page 99, the second paragraph, if there be divorce. Loretta okay, let's H. Start with, I'm sorry, what was it, H? Loretta H. Oh, Loretta H. I'm sorry. Okay, thank That's you. Okay. We'll thank stop. You. We'll stay. We'll stop there. Um, Christina J. Dottie H. Janice P. M. Nessa R. Rifka R. And Loretta H. Go ahead, please, Christina. Good morning, everyone. Christina J. Here in North Carolina, in a thunderstorm, drench, drenching downpour this morning, and. Um, I'm going to speak from this from a place of non-recovery. Oh, my first husband and I, he was a marijuana addict and I was a food addict. And there was nothing ever accomplished. There was no communication. There was 20 years of two people living together and the brick wall getting thicker and thicker and thicker. And um, had I known about recovery, things probably would have changed if I would have gotten in recovery, if he would have gotten in recovery. I don't know, God. God's in charge, right? But I can tell you that the addictions tore us apart. It was, the, it was the basis of my life of survival was having something to take away the discomfort of the relationship, and for him too, to young people that didn't know how to navigate anything. I mean, nobody teaches us how to do this stuff, you know. I mean, maybe you're lucky and you have good, solid parents that gave you a good background, but even then... A lot of people that are addicts, they have that, and it still destroys their lives almost. So uh, I learned from that marriage. I learned hard. And my second, my third husband, uh, my second husband, I was deeply involved in my addiction. He loved me regardless, which was great. He was not an addict, and he held space for me while I attempted recovery. But the biggest thing he did for me, which is what we can do for our partners in recovery, is to love one another and to hold space when one is suffering. And if we're in recovery, I feel it's my responsibility to do that, not take things personal. I'm always shocked at how these guys in this book, uh, their wives held space for them while they (laughs) went through all kinds of gyrations. Um, But anyway, that gave me, when that man held space for me, it gave me the place to recover for myself. My third husband, because that second one died of cancer, he was an addict. He was an alcoholic all of his life. He's been clean 35 years. And so he knows, and he holds space for me, and he loves me through the bullshit of my my disease. And um, I just know that it can tear us apart, and there can be divorce and separation, whether you're both in disease, not in disease. But the main thing is, is when one starts to recover, it changes everything. My husband hears me daily on the line. He hears me talking to people. He hears me doing 10 steps. He hears my resentments. I process resentments with him. I help him through it. So this is a journey that your marriage can be saved, even if you separate. It can be saved if you love each other. 
and move forward in this program. Um, and I'm, I'm not sad about my first marriage. It is what it is, and I learned from it. But I could never, I could never go back to that person. Um, as far as I know, they're still in their disease. But I, I have a great heart for couples that are struggling in this because we start out young and precious in our relationships, and we love each other and we cling, and then things begin to tear us apart, and we don't even know how to process it. So I just pray that young couples out there that are struggling and suffering, and both, I have a niece, and both of, they're both in addiction. And I just pray for them daily that God will show the light because it's in God's hands. And all they can do is recover, 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 and surrender, surrender, surrender. Uh, anyway, thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Christina. Okay, Dottie H., you're up, followed by Janice P.M. Dottie, star one. Yes, good morning, everybody. This is my first time on this meeting. Um, Someone yesterday gave me the uh, number and everything. I'm in OA several years, um, 31 um, years of um, abstinence. Um, Yeah, my husband was an alcoholic. Um, I'm from Staten Island, New York. I, you know, um, we didn't separate. We didn't divorce. I'm just old and old school, so I'm 82 now. We have, have, well, he passed away six years ago almost. And, uh, you know, um, we have four children, but I see how my disease, I hated this book, hated it. And I, after four years of floundering, with um, abstinence and not abstinent and you know I said this is the way out you know this is the way to recovery and work through this the you know the 12 steps with a great sponsor but getting back to basics you know um, I needed a new attitude and spirit all around and I'm in other programs too and um, I got it you know, he had um, cirrhosis. I knew it. He knew it. And the days were ticking off, you know. And uh, I begged God to help me, and he did, to change me, to be quiet, to pray for him, you know, the way we do in, you know, the resentment paragraph and then the acceptance paragraph. And we did, you know, separate on good terms and you know, it's amazing. I kind of had to demand respect from the man, and I had to give respect to him. You know, we didn't start out, you know, in programs. And um, he dabbled in AA, but never, you know, he thought he could do it himself. But it's not about him, it's about me. But, um, you know, no rules can be laid down. And, um, you know, I continue, you know, I sponsor people now. And uh, since he passed away, he did not at all understand. He just thought, you know, he didn't know. He called all my programs cults, C-U-L-T-S. And he said it to the kids all the time. Your mother's in a cult. She can't come because she has to go to a meeting on such and such a day, you know. And, um, 
you know, before he passed, I was able to sit quietly and talk to him and tell him, I will be okay. I have so many people that support me. And they will be there for me. I have, you know, I have Hi, a head please. on my shoulders. Thank you. I pass. Um, just, I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much for allowing me to share. Thank you, Dottie, and welcome. Okay, Janice PM, you're up, followed by uh, Nessa R. Well, good morning to you, Katie F. Thank you for your service. My name is Janice PM, and today I am a grateful, compulsive overeater uh, living in Massachusetts, and I'm going to share my miraculous experience with this subject of divorce or separation. And I'm going to start by saying very happy ending. And I'm not giving any um, advice to anybody about the subject because uh, everybody's story is different. But you see, um, there was going to be a divorce in my family between my husband, of course, and I. And uh, we did separate, but we were separated in the home. He lived downstairs and I lived upstairs. I mean, do you know how that was? <laughs> but anyway, it was crazy, crazy. But I'm going to be go right to it. Um, nobody forced us. We didn't. We didn't do it fast, and, and we were in the process of the divorce. But you see, I had a program, and that was my lifesaver because I started learning all about my misbe selfish behaviors outside of my marriage. And uh, yes, my addiction almost gave me a divorce, created a divorce. Um, but when I started going to, um, I was in Al-Anon and everything else, um, and, but it, I started learning the principles and started to act those principles at home. And especially four and five, looking at myself. My goodness, I never thought that, you know, this was me and I always had rationalizations and justifications of, of what I did. And my actions aggravated the behaviors of others in my family, my husband and my son. It really did. But I didn't even know. I, I, didn't, I had the inability to, to cope with life. I was what? Uh, of course, uh, my, I was married in 1964. He passed away in 2018. And, you know, that's a long time. But I would have never made for 54 years if I wasn't in this program. Because my attitude, my old attitude, was all about me. I had to get together and I had to uh, understand my disease, never mind anybody else's. And through this understanding, I create, my God created a new way of life for me. And, you know, uh, I could trust and rely on God. Do you think I did that when I was up there doing misbehaviors? No way. So it's all about creating and getting a new attitude to cope with life. I just didn't have those tools. Um, it was all about that selfish, self-centered Janice. And then when I did these practice these principles, I became God centered. I mean, that made a whole Fine, world please. of difference. Yes, of course. And I just like to say, 
that, yeah, we were married for 54 years. I'm a widow, and boy, what a miracle, huh? What a miracle. Who changed? Me. And with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Okay, um, now we'll have Nessa R. followed by Rifka R. Okay, maybe I didn't hear Nessa R. Star one to unmute, Nessa. Okay, go ahead, Rifka, please. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Rivka R. Gratefully recovered in Baltimore. I want to thank everyone for these wonderful shares. I related to everything so much, and I just love you guys. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty passionate about this relationship stuff because uh, of the own tra- my own transformation that I've experienced with a new attitude and spirit. Like one of the reasons I never want to go back to the food because I don't ever want to put that barrier up again between me and my husband. Like physically with the fat, because I had such shame and body dysmorphia, and I didn't even have a sense that he was hugging me. I mean, there was no me to hug. It was, and emotionally pushing him away because my heart was so closed with resentment and fear. And all along, he just wanted to love me. But I couldn't receive that because I didn't know how to love and accept myself. And I know I'm completely powerless over destroying myself and any hope for life of happiness and connection. If I'm not abstinent and working these steps and not relying on God, but, but honestly, this new attitude and spirit eluded me for many years because my attitude and spirit was still filled with some really entrenched negative beliefs and expectations. It's taken a long time to let God change my heart. It's just like the food, like God can't change me when I'm stuffing myself with food and he can't change me emotionally and spiritually, and I'm stuffing myself with lies. The problem is, I don't even know that they're lies. And one of the lies I told myself was that I married the wrong person, because we didn't connect. And I thought I could never really love him. And as much as I would try to be a good wife, I I always found evidence of what was lacking in our relationship. But how in the world was I supposed to love and connect with anyone if I had no clue how to love and connect with myself? So putting down the food was the first act of real self-care and then I had to face the lies I had been believing I remember when this new attitude and spirit flowed into me it was like God opened my eyes to what was there instead of being so stuck and what I thought wasn't there I was standing in my living room and all of a sudden I thought I have everything I always wanted why why am I acting like I don't I always wanted to have a husband and children and I have that how would it be to just be thrilled I could choose the belief that made me miserable or the other belief that brings me delight. And I know that the belief that brings me joy and peace is the truer belief because my soul's attributes are joy and peace. And once I align myself with this truer belief, I was able to show up in a receptive, open and trusting way that made it safe for him to show up that way too. And we have motor, mirror, mirror neurons in our brain there's a saying is water reflects the face, so the heart of the man to man. So in other words, I can't just put a smile on my face when my heart's filled with negativity and expect the other person to respond to my smile. My heart has to be smiling too for that to be reflected back. 
I've heard it said that, that expectations are premeditated resentments. And someone to- just told me the difference between, how do you tell the difference between an expectation and a desire? So an expectation is ego and it's debilitating and will always involve a punishment if it's not met. Like, I would sit down for days. Time, please. Which, okay, I'll finish up with this, which I, I thought that was a natural reaction, um, but it was actually part of my spiritual malady. So a pure desire for good is, is delightful and it's godly and it's energizing. And, and every day I thank God for my husband and children and, and my beautiful, magnificent and holy body. And that's definitely a new attitude and spirit where I don't have to get defensive and shut down and, and I can make mistakes. We can both make mistakes and laugh at ourselves and it's just a new life. So thanks so much everyone for being there and have a great day. I pass. Thank you, Rivka. Okay, Loretta H., you're up. But first, let me just tell everyone who may have come on after the first reading that we're on page 99, the second paragraph, if there be divorce or separation, reading through the end of that paragraph and commenting in that one paragraph only, please. Go ahead, Loretta. Thank you, Katie, and thank you all along with my precious God who is saving my life today, Loretta H., who's covered in North Carolina. I have been married for 53 years. The day I was getting married, my mother was getting a divorce. And with that, it, my marriage is a whole God sighting because I never wanted to be married. I didn't think I could be married. And along with this disease, it's the best thing that ever happened in my life, even though when you're going through it, you don't think so. And like I said, it was all God. God is, um, my husband and I both traveled a lot. So we actually spent the first 30 years when I wasn't in program out of each other's way, because I think if we were in each other's way, both of us would have had a way out. And with God's grace and mercy uh, coming into the program, I actually learned how to have a relationship and how to um, work with other people, even though that's what I did for a job, but I didn't know how to do that because the steps and the work is where I've learned how to be a better Loretta. And um, I heard at a meeting the other day, God loves me as I am, but never prevents me from getting better. And that's where that long period of reconstruction ahead comes into play for me, because every day I have got to do this as day one, you know, and I, with God's grace and mercy, I have 22 years, but I've seen the glorious change in both of us. And my husband actually is not an addict. And I think one of the reasons he was able to tolerate me is he's a good Catholic boy and he's not an addict. And he does have a lot of forgiveness for me for my insanity with the food because I have done damaging things. Two car accidents, I got attacked because I was out running um, to get rid of three-something ice cream. And, you know, he has stayed with me. So I just believe that everything um, was supposed to happen the way it was supposed to happen. But I also know today that I have a responsibility towards working first with my connection with God, then my connection with myself, 
then my connection with others, and then my connection with all three. And that's what works. That's why 10 and 11 and 12 are so, so important, because I get to carry this into my home. I get to carry this out in this world, and I get to carry this around. In fact, I'm walking right now, and I saw two baby deers because all of you are dears, and my husband is a deer. And with that, I pass. It's glorious. Go out and live it. Go out and get some of this, because all the newcomers keep coming back because it works. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Loretta. Okay, so who else, if you haven't shared in the last two days, would like to share on this second paragraph on page 99? Star one to unmute. Robin P. Robin P. Ken WH. Ken WH. Karen S. Karen S. Janice H. Yes. Okay. Anyone else? Carolyn S. Carolyn S. Okay, I can take a couple more. Okay, well, let's go with this lineup. Robin P., Ken W.H., Karen S., Janice H., and Carolyn S. I'm sorry, did I say that? Robin P., Ken W.H., Karen S., Janice H., and Carolyn S. Go ahead, please, Robin. Hi, thank you, Katie. This is Robin P. I'm a very grateful recovered compulsive overeater, usually in Costa Rica. Currently, um, you're in, uh, where are we? We're traveling a different, we're in Asheville, North Carolina. Every week we're in a different town. We're looking to buy a home here um, So uh, for half the year. So um, my husband and I did get divorced uh, after 11 years of marriage, and we were in so much pain we just didn't know what to do. We didn't have enough support. We didn't have enough we in our lives. I always say, you know, illness and isolation begin with I, and wellness begins with we. We just didn't have enough we. Um so we got divorced, and we really missed each other. And at Christmas Eve, my husband asked me to go to church with him. And I heard God say, Merry Christmas. This is my gift to both of you. And we started dating, and we moved in together. And this time I proposed, thankfully, he said yes. And we got remarried during the California wildfires of 2018, which we did not plan. And our friend's house, where we were having our wedding reception, burned down to the ground the night before our wedding. And our honeymoon resort in Malibu burned down to the ground the night before our wedding. And uh, we had our wedding, our reception, and our honeymoon at our church rectory, which I don't think anyone else did at that church. Um, and But I always feel like the first marriage, we went through the fires spiritually. The second marriage, we literally went through the fires and during that year of separation, I got into the program. I've been abstinent for seven years, one day at a time, by God's grace and mercy. And um, through, and thank you so much for a vision. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm usually on the 10 a.m. meeting and because um, we're traveling. Um, I'm on this meeting, and it's, such a, it's great to be on both, so I'm very grateful. Um, you know, sorry for the dog in the background. We rescued two dogs in Costa Rica. They were homeless. 
and jungle dogs, and they are with us because no one would take them, and we didn't want them to starve. And so they're traveling with us in hotel rooms and in our van that we got for them. Um, so sorry about the noise in the background. Um, so I really, really know that I've lived these paragraphs, and God is so merciful. I feel like I got, you know, abstinent working the program, working the steps, and working with others, and my I got to grow up and have mercy and a second chance. And that's what this program's all about. I get all I get second chances of mercy and grace. And um, my husband and I, I would say, are happily married today. And we, you know, we, we went to Europe, 27 cities, eight countries in three months last year. We do amazing things together. And I do them abstinently. My husband's in a different program. And we do it solvently in recovery because of this program. And all of you, God bless you. It's a very blessed abstinent day I passed. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. Okay, next we'll have Ken W.H. Thank you. Followed by Karen S. Okay, Hi. Hi, this is Ken W.H., Recover Compulsive Eater in North Carolina. Um, I just read kind of one word jumps out, and it's not in there. <laughs> um Trust. This is uh, for me. It's about trust building. Uh, I I did everything to undermine trust. I wasn't trustworthy, and that completely impacted and interfered with my relationship to not only my wife but others. And uh, it has been a long process to rebuild that trust. And I have today become trustworthy, but it's been a long process. And uh, the uh, my partner in life has been so patient with it. It it took uh, certain special moments for us to get past uh, before we could really move ahead. And one of them was the day I said, I need to go to a meeting. And it wasn't um, convenient for her for me to do so at that point. But I went and I had to go. And that was a turning point for us because that was a moment when she could start to understand that my recovery was more important than just about anything in the world. Um, and we have since been growing together with that. We both have gotten over those codependencies about where we went and our time and all that sort of stuff. So it's a, it's a growing process and, and it's taken a long time and, um, but it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, we have a relationship today we could not have imagined as young lovers, you know, just thinking everything's going to be fine just because we got married. Um, today, everything is just growing all the time. And it's a beautiful, beautiful journey because we're both aware of what we're dealing with. And she is so invested in my recovery. It's just a beautiful thing. Thanks for letting me share. Bye. Thank you, Ken. Okay, now we'll have Karen S. Good morning, everyone. Karen S. from Massachusetts, uh, compulsive overeater, bulimic, and uh, just so grateful to be abstinent today and um, know that I'm not alone, that I have a fellowship of people that understand me and you know this this reading this meeting has been just so powerful for me I think 
you know, I honestly have been separated from my family and my husband for many, many years in my disease. And I feel as though now, you know, if, if it's, if I'm going to be reunited with this man that, you know, honestly, I've abused verbally and mentally for 20 years, um, this book tells me it has to be on a better basis and there needs to be a new attitude. Um, and, and that really, I'm just so grateful to understand that it's about me and that when I put this food down, I see the mental and spiritual bankruptcy I have. And, you know, in the food, nobody's enough, nothing's enough. I always want more. And when I put the food down, I see that too. And um, I need to talk about it and learn a new way. And part of that is acting as if. I am not self-centered and practicing being caring to a man that I've not cared for properly, practicing listening to a man I haven't listened to, practicing being kind and not doing this alone because it can only happen with God and with the guidance of fellows who've gone before me who have done this. And, um, you know, it's, it's like someone just said, it's going to take a long time. My husband is extremely supportive. I feel like we are, um, through my action of changing my behaviors, I'm realizing he's a good man and I'm lucky to have him and we have a good life. I can't see that when I'm in the food, but I can see that when I'm abstinent and I can start to see too that. I'm okay as I am. I don't need to be thinner, richer, you know, in a different neighborhood, in a different location, surrounded by other people. What I have is what I'm supposed to have, and it should be treasured and nurtured, and uh, and I can't see that unless I'm abstinent. So I'm just grateful to be here and grateful to all of you on the line, um, trying to do this too. Thanks. Thank you, Karen S. Okay, um, Janice H., you're up, followed by Carolyn S. Janice H., Hi, Janice H., compulsive overeater in California. Can I be heard? Yes, we hear you great. Okay. Yeah, thanks. I just wanted to mostly um, speak up and claim my seat. I'm um, newly coming back from relapse, and a part of, you know, well, mostly what triggered that was, um, you know, my husband getting a serious health diagnosis and me having to kind of switch into like a caretaker role. And I just feel like for that time, like I've been like having my intimacy be with the food and not in the relationship, you know, and um, when I read this paragraph, I thought I didn't have anything to say about it, but as I'm hearing 
from everybody else, it's really impacted me about how putting that barrier in between the two of us is affecting how I'm relating or not relating um, to him, you know. Um, And um, what else was I going to say? I was going to say that I do have a sponsor and I'm in three different actual 12-step programs and she's in all three of them. So um, as I'm working with her, you know, I... I'm starting to get more intimacy, well, number one, with her, but also with other uh, people, other people in the fellowship and um, with my higher power, you know, uh, slowly, like I still don't fully have that, but I'm working on it, you know, so that I'm not so just reliant on my husband for everything which because we've been married for 20 years and I feel like I have been you know um, maybe too reliant on him for to get my needs met is what I'm talking about and then when that expectation falls short is um, like someone else was saying about um, you know premeditated resentments or whatever that's when I go into the food, you know, when he's not meeting my needs. And I feel like I'm getting more of a well-rounded way of getting my needs in that versus just only the one person, you know, which isn't healthy for any relationship I'm realizing. Um, So anyway, with that, I'll pass. And I, this is, I haven't like talked on this line in several years. And so anyway, I really appreciate everybody listening. And um, I've been getting a lot out of um, what what I've been hearing. Thank you, pass. Thank you, Karen S. And Carolyn S. You're up. Hi, I'm. And we'll have time probably for two more shares. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Carolyn. Hi, I'm Carolyn S. From New York, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, yeah, I've been married 33 years, um, in program 20, but not recovered for all that time. Um, I tell, I have told myself in the past that I married the wrong man because I thought I wouldn't find anyone better. Um, fact is he's, he's a good man, an amazing father and a, a better husband than I give him credit for. Um, He's Catholic. I mean, we both are, but uh, I'm not practicing. Um, but he, I don't think he would ever divorce me, um, even though there's times when I've certainly tested that love. Um, and I certainly considered, you know, divorce on many occasions, hinted at it a couple of times with him. Um, my husband has a friend whose sister is an addict, a drug addict, and they decided several years ago that 12-step programs make people selfish. And I can see where they're coming from because um, the program takes a lot of time and meetings and phone calls and asking waiters what's in this and can you change that, which my husband hates. He feels it's, uh, I don't know, he doesn't like to inconvenience other people. Um, Anyway, he told me at one point that he felt abandoned um, because I was spending so much time with uh, strangers, quote unquote, on the phone and... um, I felt bad, but I wasn't recovered at the time, and I really, I didn't really change my behavior. Um, 
So he has he has come to understand over time how crucial my recovery is. He saw me, he has seen me um, at, at a top weight and then at a too low bottom weight, a span of 82 pounds. So he knows how serious. And, of course, my moods and happiness have fluctuated. Um, so he, he is supportive, um, including, you know, when I go away for retreats or conventions. Um, and I have become a better listener for him and, and do try to be there. Uh, I think we could definitely uh, benefit from marriage counseling, which I've asked him to do many times, but he will not. And, you know, that's, uh, I can't force it. Um, a relationship um, is really more of a friendship than a romance. But today that's okay. Um, you know, he's a good man, as I said, a good father and actually a good husband, even though I didn't give him credit for that for years. Um and so when I give him my, my the last anniversary card, I said, you know, thank you for being by my side all these years. You're an amazing husband, which I've never given him credit for. So today I thank God so deeply that I am living in recovery and I can see the truth about the relationships in my life, my life and, um, and give him the credit and love he deserves. Time, please. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you. Okay, so we have time for two more shares. Who would like to share on the second paragraph on page 99? Tammy T. from Pennsylvania. Leslie W. Tammy T. And Leslie W. Okay, go ahead, Tammy. Hi, this is Tammy T. from Pennsylvania. And compulsive overeater and I just wanted to share that um, you know I think in the big book where it says you know you can stay recovered wife or no wife job or no job and I've experienced that this week because I pray every morning that God keeps me abstinent no matter what the day brings and we've had a um, storm and we don't have electricity this week and I just want to share that to share that I stayed abstinent and I am still staying abstinent no matter what. Even without electricity, I'm still getting the foods I need. My higher power is still providing for me. Um, and it is just an amazing miracle. As far as relationships go, I used to be under the delusion that it was my husband's job to take care of all of my needs, including financial and physical and keeping up on the house and you know, just doing everything. And my sponsor has taught me to be fully self-supporting. And what that means to me in my marriage is that I participate equally with the finances, with the household task, with you know, keeping up on things around the house, with um, also with, you know, doing chores outside that I am not to be this kept woman. Like I thought, like I was in a Jane Austen novel and I should just be kept and not have to do anything. And that's just a delusion and that's not reality. And I just want to share that this weekend, um, there was a tree down in our yard and well, many trees, but there was one on the house and my husband had to cut it down. And I went out there and rolled up my sleeves and stood beside him and helped him um, take down a tree and move all the branches out of the way. And it was hard work, but now I'm physically fit. I'm able and I'm willing to show up every day and be a partner in this life because um, my higher power has shown me that he's my God, not my husband, and I've changed my life and my life has changed. And when my husband said to me, wow, you've never helped me with a project like this before, I turned right around and smiled up at my higher power and just said a quick thank you because my higher power is the reason I am the way I am today. And I'll stop there. So thanks for listening. Thank you so much. And Leslie W., you're up. 
Thanks, Katie. Thanks so much. I'm Leslie W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. And this paragraph is, I'm living this paragraph, um, going through a divorce, been married for 21 years, and it is in my best interest to be apart from my husband and divorce my husband and to continue my program day by day. Um, my husband was not supportive of this way of life and did everything he could to try to derail um, my progress in this program and my recovery. Um, but I'm, I'm a living witness and a living testimony that it, what God intends, no man, no man um, can thwart God's plans. And I am living proof of that today. Um, I continue walking this path and trudging. I am definitely trudging. Um, but I have such hope because I was given the ability and the courage um, and the strength to walk away against all odds. And so for that, oh, here's my phone alarm going off in my house. It's the upper part of my life. Let me just see what's happening now. Okay. Okay, well, um, we have time for a one-minute share. Would anyone like to take that? One minute. Okay, go ahead, Sue Ann. Okay, go ahead, Sue Ann. Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. Sue Ann, I heard Sue Ann first, please. Go ahead, one minute, please. Good morning. Uh, my name is Sue W. I actually have never been married. Um, I just want to say that what I really like in this in this paragraph is this needs a new attitude and spirit all around. Joanne D. I'm sorry. Right. Someone's already sharing, please. Um, I I just said what I really like in this paragraph is the sentence. This needs a new attitude and spirit all around. I am having a wonderful day, starting out absently. I am getting a new sponsor, and I'm really happy to be at this meeting. And one minute isn't very long, but uh, I appreciate everybody's service, and thank you for letting me share. Okay, thank you so much, and thank you to everyone um, who shared this morning. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Thursday, August 10th, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 20,528. Uh, that's 20528. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Martha Z please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Katie. This is Martha Z. Good morning, my friends in recovery. This is Martha C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from outside of Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you 
and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.